You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 340th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hi, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Guys, I'm in mourning um, right now because we are we are recording this on what would normally be the day of Perry-Roubaix. And I know that they said it's postponed, but I just have this bad feeling. Are you guys it, with me? Yeah. 100%. I am, because it's, it's a really long con to never hold a women's Paris-Roubaix, is my guess. Yeah. Is that <laughs> They're committed that's, to the bit. Yeah, that's, that's one way to look at it, certainly. Um, it also means that, is Gilbert the last guy to win Paris-Roubaix? You know, oh, is that that's... I was trying to remember this morning who won the last Roubaix and I couldn't remember it. it. Feels so long ago. That was Gilbert, huh? That's I believe so. Twenty nineteen. I don't know. I have to look it up. But okay, without without looking it up, without looking it up, I'll look. Let's see how far back you guys can go on oh, who won because we'll just assume that you know. So twenty twenty was canceled. Twenty nineteen was Philippe Gilbert. Okay. For all of the listeners, please play along. So in 2019, just to give you a taste of this, we had Gilbert over Nils Pollitt and Yves Lampart. Okay. Yeah. 2018, who won it? Uh, Sagan? Yes, it was Sagan over oh. Sylvain Dillier and Nikki Terpstra. Okay. Okay. That, 20, was that, that feels like forever ago. 2017, who won it? Five years ago. GVA. Five years ago. The greatest season of all time. And he's still celebrating it. Greg Van Avermaet, your 2016 <laughs> Olympic champion. Greg yeah, Van Avermaet over Stybar and Sebastian Langfeld. Okay. T- 2016. I, got I know that. little guy's not getting this. Heyman. Oh, it dear. was Matthew Heyman over Tom Boonen. Wow, Tom Boonen, 2016. Wow, you know, like, I kind of forgot that he was even racing that soon. Um, and then Ian Stannard in uh, third. 2015. Ooh, this uh, is tough. This feels like a Van Mark, but I'm not totally. I don't think he's ever totally won sure. it. Did he not? Who was no. it? Who from EF won it? Somebody from EF won it. Oh, that was before EF. That was when uh, Van Summeren won it. <laughs> okay. This that was, was team, team Giant Alpecian. This is when John Degenkold won in 2015. Oh. Also, yeah, also guy. over, also over Zednik Stybar in second place and GVA in third. Okay, 2014. Now we're getting to the good stuff, boys. Uh, I have no idea. I literally have Nick, no idea. Nikki Terpstra. Oh, Terpstra. Wow, was that long ago? Over Van Mark and Terps and uh, Fabian Fabio Cancelar, and then 2013. Fabian. Yep, that's Fabian over Seb Van Mark and Terpstra. 2012. We'll go back to 2010. We'll we'll go back 10 years. 2012. Uh, Fabian. No, that's Tom Boone in year. That's Tom Boone last win. 2012 over Sebastian (laughs) Derjo and uh, Alessandro Ballon. Um, Quick shout out to Sebastian Turgo of Team Europe Car in second place. 139 down, beating Ballon in the sprint of BMC Racing, and Juan Antonio Flecha in fourth place. Man, love it. Nice. You think when Turgeot walks into a bar in Roubaix, people buy him beer? They're like, hey, you know what? Congratulations. You're the highest placed Frenchman in this race in the last uh, nine years with a second place. Um, 2011. That's Van Summeren. That's Van Summeren. That's right. Okay. Over yeah. Fabian Cancellara and Martin Chitalagini? Chitalagini? Yeah, okay. Who's this it. guy? From Rabobank. Don't even remember yeah. that guy. He was ah. around. Huh. He was, he was a guy. strong. He was a strong guy. 
That's the beauty of Roubaix is occasionally you get this guy in there you don't really know, and when you, if you think back, you're like, yeah, he was always just working on the front. Nine now I... <laughs> this is going to be a good voice. All right, 2010, we'll end it here. Who won in 2010? That's a Devolder. No. No, Cancelera. It's Cancelera over Tor is it? and Fletcher. And then you had two Boonins win in 2009, 2008, Stuart O'Grady in yeah. 2007, Fabian in 2006, and then Boonin again in 2005. Who did Tom Boonin win over 2005? Georgie, I guess. And I will say this. There, if you look on pro cycling stats, the only results in the entire Paris-Roubaix like, roster with an asterisk is George Hincapi in second place in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> rough. Yeah, rough, well. r- rough win. Huh? Oh, boys. What a great run. I, th- I think dating back, what, what would you say? 2004 is probably the first Paris-Roubaix we paid attention to when Magnus Backstep won. So, yeah, wow. probably around there. Impressive run. So, yeah, Spencer, Philippe Jobert was the last one to win. I'm stoked. Been two years. I forgot it got canceled last year until you said that. So, amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, it. Uh, I thought it held a deep place in my heart, but I, I didn't really remember who won all these editions. Uh, so maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Or um, is it, maybe is it? maybe the race itself transcends the actual winner. There's some yeah, solid uh, revisionist, solid revisionist history going on here uh, with us trying to go back through who won yeah. and like why think- it was important. I think I'm I'm melding some Flanders wins with some Roubaix wins there. I yeah, the, you're Devolder. You, you, those dreams. You were you were. Yeah, that's yeah. probably who just who you picked um, when we were doing a little draft. Do you do you guys know? I can't remember what year it is now. There's a year where there's two winners at Roubaix. There's a year where that was so close in like the 40s or 50s that they just said you both won. And I can't think of another race. That has done something that crazy. That sounds Played hideous. Roubaix. I don't like it that was, at all. It was Fosto Copy's brother and somebody else. And then Copy hmm. just won it the next year just to... Ah, I can't remember what it is now. Anyway. There so you go. sad news is that Paris Roubaix is not going to be happening until October. But that meant that the <laughs> midweek <Nailed> classic <laughs> between Flanders... When, when's it going to be hosted? October? October. It's October. October, yeah, yeah. yeah. You covered all your bases with that Ah, one. That was good. Well, yeah. Thanks for making fun of me, even though I got it right. Um, So here we have, uh, that means that the midweek classic, uh, what was it, Schneider Price? Yeah. The Schnuggle Bus, or whatever we want to call it, um, won, surprisingly, by Matthew Vanderpool MVP Jasper Philipson in a sprint over Sam Bennett and the practicer of the Saturn sit-up Mark Cavendish in third place. Um, Great to see Cav up there. Um, not exactly the best lead out man for Sam Bennett, apparently, but, um, yeah, little guy, I know how much you love this race. This is one of these midweek classics that you look forward to more than any other. And then you tell us about how horrible it is that Spencer and I didn't actually watch it. No, please take it away on why we should have watched Shelter Priest. Oh, I no, I don't think you should watch, have watched it. It's a sprinter's race and the finish was good. Cause you're like, you said the MVP, MVDP MVPs. I can't even do it, and I created it. That was nice to see. No, the 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 midweek race you should watch is the Brandon Say Pil. That's this Wednesday, fourteenth. Oh, okay. This is the one I say you should watch because it's a little. It's got cobbles. It's got climbs. It's the, it's the transition from the cobbled season to the Ardennes season. It's 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 everything you need. I think Vanderpool won it. In 2019, the last time it happened. No Vanderpool this year. That's what you should watch. But yeah, Sheldon Priest was good to see Matthew Vanderpool's teammates go, go, going. Yeah, I was more excited to see Cavendish, but it sounds like, and Spencer, correct me if I'm wrong, that we don't really need to talk much more about this race. Kind of forgettable. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's a fine race. Um, I do want to talk a little bit more about Cavendish. Like, can we, can we call it a comeback? Like I know he he bought his way onto the quick step allegedly, um, but he's not been doing terrible. No, he's been doing good. For, yeah. For them. Um, sure. Are we surprised? I'm surprised. What are you? Surprised I'm a little about? surprised. No, I'm surprised. I'm with you. I feel like he's um. He's got a new doctor. He's good. 
I feel like he's a little freer. He's a freer man. He's like accepted his his role, but he's also freelancing a bit. You know, he's mm-hmm. he just doesn't he he can't demand or uh, command the juggernaut uh, lead out trains of old. Um, but he's he's figured out a new way to be relevant. Not not really to win, but to be relevant. Yeah, know? I was he, stoked for him. It was great to see. I hope that he wins a race this year. Yeah, How about that? he's helping. He's got a couple seconds. Currently, quick uh, the the DQ team, Quick Steps, they are leading in wins for all teams and second places and third places. So he's helping them <laughs> with their current sweep of the rankings: fifteen wins, fourteen second places, and eleven third places. Uh, usually, wow. they would maybe not pick up eleven third places, but that's where Cavs coming in, man. That's and true. The, the PCS rankings, the Pro Cycling Set rankings, I believe, are the premier ranking at this point. So here's one for you. <clears throat> Looking at his teams, right? So he signed with Dimension Data in 2016. That was after a three-year run at Quick Step. And then he also had the one-year run at Sky. And preceded that was a five-year run at whatever you want to call Team Columbia, HTC, High Road, that, that whole Bob, uh, Bob Stapleton setup. Here's the one for you. Was the D- Dimension Data contract arguably one of the worst contracts ever signed in professional cycling? Because 2016, he wins some stages at Tour de France, won a stage at uh, Qatar and at Tour of California, but nothing in 17, 18, and 19, the final three years of that contract and Bahrain Merida. Like, yeah, that's a, man, contract year did not look so good. He got the good free agent contract and then just did not produce on the second years. I know he was hurt, but man, oof. So what well, a tough piece well, for Dimension for Data. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of my point is like he is, we have seen this before. Like this is not new to the sprinter lifestyle is you sign the big contract, you have a couple of wins and then you just fall off the face of the earth. And most guys never get that back. Like they don't see really the front of the race anymore. And it's kind of sad, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of nice to see uh calf up there, mixing it up, getting some podiums. Yeah. So it looks like the last time he won a race was in 2018 at, uh, one of like the the spring the spring races in the Middle East. Wow, been some time. Wow. Anyways, <laughs> l- little yeah, surprise. It's been a while. It's been a while. <clears throat> but good for him. Happy he's back. Spencer seems like he's he's back to maybe he'll become a, a lead out man for Sam Bennett in the tour. It'd be great to see. So fantastic stuff. Going through the racing, little guy. I we got Amstel coming up. After this, uh, you know, we're gonna we got a couple bunch of other great topics to talk about, but I'm still coming up. Can you give me the what's the four one one? I mean, I'm just basically timing everything for when Valverde wins Liege, Bastogne Liege, but I respect and understand that Amstel Gold is around the corner. You also have the Volta of Columbia um, coming up, but that pretty much seems it. I know we had Basque Country, Roglic looked good, yada yada yada, but I mean, tell Basque me tell me why she can. Basque, Basque Country was a fun race. If you need something to watch on the trainer, pick any stage. It's crazy hills. Uh, yeah, you know, Amstel's great. It's a little weird this year. It's always kind of doing laps. They always go up the Coburg about a million times. And this year, it's even more of a circuit race. I think it's like uh, 13 laps for the men. So it's it's a lot of, it's like seven laps for the women. So they're just doing a closed course because you can't have fans on the side of the road like a lot of these Belgian races um, same in the Netherlands. So it's going to be a different course, a little more compact. And then they go up the Coburg every lap except the last lap. So that's going to be a lot more. So, but like always, twisty roads, it's climby. It's going to be fun. I don't see how anyone that's not on Jumbo Visma wins, but you know, maybe now, somebody I, else. You've been doing some great race previews on the YouTube channel. The the wide angle podium YouTube channel. What is up your sleeve for the Amstel gold race preview? Uh, I, you making I some windmills? Idea. What What do we got going on? What's the, Oh no, I hadn't thought of, I'll integrate some windmills. Sure. 
Um, okay. I don't know, Tim. I don't know. You know, I actually tried to work. I have a little one thing up my sleeve. I'm gonna keep it a secret. I was gonna work on it yesterday, but I got I got my vaccine, and I've I it's gotta say the energy levels haven't been up super high this week. <laughs> well, <laughs> so um, the one thing I want to note, uh, I will note this in my preview too. Unfortunately, Valverde is not riding Amstel Gold, so again. Another year where he will not be able to add this classic that seems to suit him to his uh, his Palmares, and I I find that a bit of a shame that he might retire and never win Amstel. So, oh, don't worry, he will be back next year. Um, we got hit up a couple times on Twitter that the 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 murmurs are already starting. He's already talking about a return for next year. You know, he's got to go out on top when there's fans on the side of the road, and he needs to dislodge Chris Horner. As the oldest world tour victor mm-hmm. um, of all time, so and, and you know not winning Amstel, that would have to be a low point of his career, right? Yeah, I mean it's a race that suits him. There's not a lot of races that suit him that he hasn't won at this point. I can't, yeah, I can't think of anything else during his career that would have, you know, elicit <laughs> well, sadder thoughts. From that him. definitely, but uh, but I'm just thinking in terms of racing of like yeah, yeah. races he sh- like you. Races you would pencil him in on every time. Yeah. This is a race you would be like, yeah, he should he should win that, and somehow he hasn't. So I don't and know. he's riding well, you know. So I know. I, I know. guess he's gonna rest up a little more so he can win Flesh Wallone for the nine hundred millionth time. So, following week, but well, I've got um, an un- an unfortunate segue um here to take us on and i know that as the uh segue um artist that it's sometimes you just can't do it very unfortunate news coming out of austin texas with lance armstrong's son luke armstrong being investigated and i believe arrested for sexual assault um charges that happened um looks like a few years back cycling news has a story on this obviously we're not going to get into the case we hope to see justice and the full investigation go all the way through, obviously. But the reason I'm bringing this up is as I was reading the article on Cycling News, this is the footer paragraph at the end of an article talking about the aforementioned case. It ends with Lance Armstrong, who won the 1993 Road World Championships and the 1996 La Flesh Wallone during a career spanning 19 years has not commented publicly on the case. Now, again, I'm d- <laughs> the, the article was very sad and morbid because it's about like a very tra- like horrible thing that happened, right? Yes. Take that away. 100%. Would you guys use these as the two adjectives to describe Lance Armstrong in a s- cycling website. Winner I mean, of Worlds? 1993 Worlds, Worlds. Winner of 1993 Worlds and the 96 La Flesh Wallone during a career spanning 19 years. That that it seems a little... It leaves a few things out, yeah. It's sort it just, of... Uh, oh, just a few. Just a few. <laughs> well, if you're trying... Maybe they have a keep it positive... Uh, policy over at Cycling If it was keep like, it positive, they probably nice would... things in the in the footer, you know. But here's the thing: it's an okay. But they say the career spanned 19 years, so there. Are, if they're going to discount the seven years of where he stole the Tour de France, then shouldn't his career then be 12 years or whatever? Right? Like, like he's saying 19 years of a professional career. Then it just well, it spanned it, 19 years of existence. It just they, like they, I they they uh, they follow the same calendar as the rest of us, regardless if right. he was officially racing or not. Okay, let's go this way. I'm your editor. I'm the editor at the cycling news website. You two are the you're my Bernstein and Woodard, going out getting the scoops. Nice. You're 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 ready to just really take it to the press, right? You you are the the futures of cycling journalism. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, what would be your footer introducing Lance Armstrong, who just wouldn't give a comment about the article? How would you describe Lance Armstrong? Would you include 96 Flesh Wallone win and 93 Road Worlds? What would you do? What would be your descriptors? I mean, <laughs> leaving off the 95 San Sebastian seems yeah. like a crime to me. 
Yeah, I think that's a okay. more prestigious win than Flesh Malone in, in my book, for sure. Like, he wore that hat. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. Lance Armstrong, known to wear a funny hat in 1995, was could not be reached for a comment. What? I don't know, guys. I, I don't know if I really like that. I think we're going to have to take that to the copy editor. Uh, doesn't this guy, doesn't he have a small business? Is he a small business owner? <laughs> <That's> even... <laughs> Lance Armstrong, bike shop owner and YouTube channel. Or or former um, you know spokesmodel for Nike and every other mm-hmm. like Nike, um, what other companies? Trek, about, M- um, Mick Ultra. Like what, what were the other companies this guy was in? Nissan, on? Nissan, Nissan. He was on Nissan. Huh. He That's did a... those Nissan Leaf commercials. Really? What about um, uh, notorious for giving stern looks to German cyclists. Or something there you like go. That. And what, yes, uh, that's a. <laughs> anti cancer crusader because everybody else oh, likes yeah. cancer except him okay here's uh, one wouldn't you mention 10 times stage winner at tour de pont yeah, i mean that that, no. that seems a little bit more uh <laughs> yeah. yeah then you gotta yeah, then you gotta put a whole other paragraph in there explaining what the tour de pont is it's just too much yeah. it's, it's, it's like too many it's, footnotes yeah it's too many footnotes there's asterisks there's links it's it's just getting really confusing uh yeah yeah, I, just, I don't know. Uh, I got really angry. How about Lance Armstrong, who signed for Kofidis, but may have never ridden for Kofidis? Just signed That's for him? I think I, I'd have to look into the facts. Or he did sign. Former him. Motorola spokesperson Lance Armstrong did not mm-hmm. give a comment. Yeah, there what you about, go. about uh, <laughs> Radio former, Shack? <laughs> former world champion. Champion and former world champion cyclist and walk on uh, role in uh, Blades of Glory. Oh, and um, Dodgeball. Really? There you go. Yeah. I haven't seen these movies, man. Uh, all right. Um, I, you somehow so, got to have a way, you got to find a way to work in like that he was at those seven tours, but he wasn't allowed like like at this point now we view it as he was basically just like an amateur that jumped in the race and disrupted the races and like messed up the results so like there has to be a weird way to word it of like lance armstrong who rode these tours but didn't ride these tours you know i don't know how to i don't know how to finesse that so one of my favorite podcasts is called the press box and they they like to use the word embattled into like describing anybody that's you know like like, oh, the embattled congressman, because you can say embattled and then you don't get sued for libel. So you could say like, oh, you know, multi-time embattled cyclist Lance Armstrong, you know, because it just is extremely tainted. I just found it very. I was very disappointed in cycling news that they couldn't really explain who Lance Armstrong was. And then they used the two races that I don't really equate. I mean, I guess 93 Road World's cool, I guess. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, like, it's kind of a big deal. Kind yeah. of a big deal. Yeah. How about anyway. how about Lance Armstrong who repainted a light speed to look like a track? <laughs> <laughs> Something. What about uh, uh, noted triathlete? Yeah, there you go. There you go. So here's one for you guys. But uh, as I'm looking at his uh, um, noted triathlete and. Two-time winner of the Tour de Pont and one-time winner of Tour de Suisse, Lance Armstrong's pro cycling stats. Gentlemen, he raced for Motorola, Postal Service, Discovery Channel, Astana, and Radio Shack. Um, I don't know. Like, Radio Shack, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist anymore. Motorola definitely lost the, um, lost the, the market share that at one time it had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, postal service obviously has their own issues and Astana is Astana. I mean, I, not even I just wouldn't sponsor anymore. a team with this guy. Yeah. Oh no, he's not bringing value. He, your yeah. business will be done within 10 years. If, if you deal with him, that's what they're, <laughs> that's why COVID has kicked him to the curb. They, they said, no, thank you. We're going to be around forever. Heck, we're going to have a women's team next year. That's what they said. Yeah. And by next year, when they that's... said this, when they're kicking him down, they meant, 20 some years in the future because next i'm saying next year right. now but anyway amazing stuff. Well, they had to they had to collect enough um collect calls or whatever they do to fund that team <laughs> yeah what do they do <laughs> dial down they, the middle i will say this about Kofidis. 
they commit. They've had the they men's do. team forever. They they They're have still here. A, they have like they sponsor some uh like uh Paralympic like uh cycling teams and they now they're gonna have a women's team so it, i yeah. love it, it i'm confident hearing that they have the women's team coming i was more proud to pull my tote bag yeah. out of the cupboard <laughs> than i'd ever been before uh, I was just, i'm really excited about that i like the women's teams and the women's racing has been pretty good but you know there are a couple of obviously dominant teams kind of like the men's side but i think Kofit is coming in with some backing and everything, and, and the pedigree is going to really um, spice things up over there, you know? Like, even more than they already are. Like, it's going to add a new dimension. Yeah, and that's just more DeRosas in the world, too. So here's the... Uh, who's been yes. around longer, Kofidis or Quickstep as a sponsor? Kofidis. It's got to be between those two for the longest run. Well, running, right? I, the, the tough... Kofidis has been around as a solid sponsor. Like, the Quickstep team... You know, is is sort of like Movistar. They 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 have a yeah. lineage of being one team run by a group of people, but different sponsors. Kofidis has been a consistent sponsor, so I think it's like a. Right. What year does Kofidis go back to? Ninety. I don't know. My guess will be ninety three. Okay, well, we'll have to look into that at some point because I just. But like Movistar oh, man, goes Kofidis back team. to Reynolds, and that's like you know late seventies, early eighties. You know, so. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, Movistar has been around and then all the different uh, iterations. I, I hear you. But anyway, um, there you go. We uh, I think we fixed in post the cycling news article um, on the proper way to describe a former professional triathlete, Lance Armstrong. Um, <laughs> 97. Bat- 97 is Kofidis' first year. Embattled athlete. Um, with that... Um, Let's get into the prem lap. So let's check in with a friend of the pod uh, and our reporter on the ground, Michael Matthews, to see how the season is transpiring. Before we come back to some listener emails and our very own discussion on NFTs. Hi, I'm Helen Wyman, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. Once again, let's give a quick shout-out to all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com. Find out how you can become a donor and a supporter of the uh, of the pod and the entire net family of podcasts, including Nowhere Fast, with good friends of the pod, Zach Schuster, um, leading the indoor cycling conversation. We also have Rob Kelly and Criterium Nation and... The man, the myth, the legend, Bill Shiken of Cyclocross Radio, doing the work to report what's happening in the mud. So yeah, head over to WideAnglePodium.com and find out how you can become a supporter. Bill has been putting out some quality content over on our YouTube channel. You mentioned it earlier along with Little Guy's content, um, YouTube.com slash WideAnglePodium. I... Do not envy the position Bill is in having to choose. His last two videos were uh, the 10 greatest moments of Wout's career. And then the latest one is MVDP's career. Yeah, it's tough. Boy, I haven't looked, but those comment sections have to be just buck wild at this point. <laughs> it's, there's a little bit of, yeah, there's a few people with uh, throwing out other things, but you're right. It's that, that it could have been the top 300 at this point or something, you know? Right. So, yeah, if you haven't seen those, definitely go check them out. Um, I know he put a lot of work into them, and they turned out great. And you can roast him in the comments for whatever he got wrong. Yeah, he loves that, actually. Um, <laughs> just go ahead and do that. But just the the Wild Van Arts top 10 most important cycling moments, 54,000 views within three weeks. And nice. the Matthew Vanderpool. And what my favorite part is, is the thumbnails that you see that uh, he puts together on there. So that, like, it kind of digs you in looks pretty good mm-hmm. it it looks like a uh you know i have to watch all the way to the end to see what number one was of the matthew vanderpool and uh I, while i disagreed with it i still gave it a thumbs up because it's fantastic uh work so make sure you check that out um and give it a view because it they're fun to see and also a great history there's actually a lot of stuff in there with obviously the cyclocross crossover between um, bill's coverage 
and Matthew Vanderpool and Walt Van Art that provides a pretty cool uh, glimpse into their careers that I love. Yeah. On Saturday, I did a 105-mile bike ride out to Titusville where they, sh- they shoot off the rockets. It was a long ride, very, very painful, really slow. The only thing that got me through it was my very own Buckler Skincare Miracle Wap <laughs> Chamois Cream. So head over to BucklerSkincare.com. You can be like me, be super as comfortable as possible on a century ride when you're cruising mm-hmm. at 20 miles an hour and just enjoying the sights, get that cheesesteak at the end. Oh, the chamois cream comes in handy. Take advantage cheese of it. Yeah, yeah. Bucklerskincare.com. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's a cheesesteak. It's actually at mile 51 as I get the cheesesteak. So it's oh. energy right. on the well, way back. Well, I don't I mean, know that's a... if I agree with that, but I'm down with the buckler part of that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good post-ride uh, snack there, Tim. I haven't tried that method, but I will have to look into it. Um, yeah, I'm more a fan of the pre-ride ritual, and my pre-ride ritual is a great cup of coffee, which you can obviously get from Grimper Brothers. Uh, and if you go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee, you will find two blends from Grimper Brothers that directly support the Wide Angle Podium Network and this podcast, as well as the other shows on the network. So definitely um, do yourself a favor. Get some good coffee and uh, start your ride off right so you can earn that cheesecake. Oh, that's right. Oh, so good. I love my coffee. Let's get back to the show. I'm Joe Dombrowski from Cannondale Drop Pack, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys. Here we are. We have some great listener emails. Let's get right into it. This one comes to us from friend of the pod, multi-time emailer and friend Chuck Miller hits us up. If memory serves, there was banter about Super Rookie enjoying the villains of the Peloton with Julian Alaphilippe taking the early honors. However, recent pods have seemed to have gone really specified and totally forgotten the meaning of the word villain. Villains are bad. They are protagonists. At any mention of cyclists doing villainy, things should get a stern shunning. So that brings us to Buhani. Putting Stewart into the barriers was almost as villainous as it gets, but the incident stating, if Jake Stewart really saw his life flash before his eyes, I'd advise him to give up sprinting. That's super punk and mega villainous. <laughs> Call him out. He's a villain. Moscon. Yup. I'd put him I'd put that punk in the villain category as well. There are others, and I don't always agree with the analysis of this consortium, <laughs> but keep it real. It's okay to say someone is actual villain if you think that is the case. Gentlemen, Buhani, probably kind of like the super villain in the Peloton right now, right? Uh, yeah, I guess Moscon's been keeping pretty quiet. No, oh, yeah, you Moscon. Know. Moscon's the ringleader. The- I think I think Buhani's like the the muscle or whatever. He's yeah. he's the boxer. He's definitely on my bar fight team. Um, and, you know, shout out Buhani, you know, was getting clearly, um, you know, he's he missed out on Schneider press this race uh, this past week because of um, some hate being put his way. His team yeah. kept him out because of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, racial attacks. So obviously we don't condone that. But le- no. I, I think Chuck is, is very on the point here that Buhani... I think I kind of glorify him a little bit because of the whole, um, you know, he's a boxer. I like the idea that like he kept himself out of the tour de France by breaking his hand, by punching. What did he punch someone or did he punch a wall? Like it seems like such a stupid way to miss a race is to, you know, Oh, it was uh, a dumb way to miss a race. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a wall or a mirror or something. I, I wanted to like him, but you know, we had those press passes at the, uh, 2015, road worlds in richmond Uh and i went up and spoke to the man like i have been face to face with buhani and talked to him and he did not want to talk to me at all (laughs) like not even a little bit i don't remember that his defense Uh, none of the french riders wanted to talk no none of the french at all did but Um, he was very uh dismissive is a nice way to put it so you know I, i i wanted to like him and i kind of didn't after that um it's fun to see him screw up in ways like breaking his hand and, and all that stuff. But uh, 
I don't know. I mean, the move against uh, Stewart was absolute trash. Like, it was bad. Yeah. It was not yeah. good. I don't think... Uh, I don't think he was in the right to kind of fire back uh, at Stewart, but oh, what a burn! What a good burn! Is he, it was. You know, like, it's true. You got to hand it like, to him. That was solid. Yeah. Does, does he have a bad like, guy if, belt if, right now? Well, if you're a sprinter, yeah, that is that is the number one thing, right? Is that you just you shut off your brain and you go and then find whatever hole and it's however tiny and it doesn't matter, and all those guys are insane. Um, and he, I, you know, he has a point. Like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be up here. Like, yeah. that's that's pretty boss. Um, and I'm not very into, uh, yeah, all the hate that he got uh, afterwards. But, um, I, yeah, his move was, you know, not good. I do like how we're all, like, suddenly we're big Jake Stewart fans, right? Like, we kind of just oh. discovered this guy literally he's, four weeks ago. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. He's, um, he's certainly one of the greatest things to happen to the professional Peloton um, in recent memory. Yeah, so yeah. Buhani, bad guy. Uh, ba- yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Probably has the bad guy belt just because um, Moscon oh. and Quinn uh, Simmons haven't really done anything like as recently as Buhani's elbow of Jake Stewart into the into the barriers. Well, I think we need to maybe reiterate or more clearly define what you mean by villain as well by giving it to Philippe because I don't think you mean Philippe is an actual terrible human being. No, I think you mean no. he is he is a guy to root against for fun. Like he he is a he is a a, a fun villain, a heel. Yeah. He's, you know he's, the Yeah, no you're right. So I w- I would say this Spencer, I, I how I would describe it is that um, Andre the Giant was a bad guy, but I still respected Andre the Giant when he um, right. allowed Hulk Hogan to lift him up over his head to body slam him in front of 93,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome. But, um, Interesting. you know, Philippe, I like him. I want him to lose because I need to have someone to cheer against, and he is the type right. of guy that is always going to be up there. I respect the skills of Philippe. I respect also the fact that he has a propensity to involve himself in other people's personal lives um, in the <laughs> professional peloton with great success uh, and can continue to win on and off the bike. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't want to cheer for the guy. I want him to lose. I, I, I want everyone to beat Philippe. That is different than um, putting a guy into the barriers knowingly and willingly and then continue to come out of left field and, and really just, you know, rub me the wrong way. That's, that's what clearly right. Buhani's doing. That's clear. Moscone is just a horrible human being. We've discussed, there are others that are at like a whole nother level of bad guy of just like, I want nothing to do with them, but mm. you know, I, yeah. The, the, you boo the, the bad, guys. bad guy is the, it, it's the bad guy because you, you, you need somebody to root against in the front group, right? Yeah. Like Muscon is not going to be in the front group. Quinn Simmons not going to be in the front group. Like those guys, you know, they'll have their day every once in a while, but they're they're no Alaphilippe. You know no, I mean? Alaphilippe um, is the gorgeous guy that showed up to the bar that everyone wants to talk to and hang out to, and I'm like the curmudgeon on the bar, <laughs> like you know, sitting down there like everyone doesn't want to talk to me anymore. I don't like that guy over there. Yeah, that's that's a hundred percent why I don't like Alaphilippe. The perfectly manicured, like bad guy goatee, goatee that he's got, you know, it's like everything about it. <laughs> World champion. This guy's living the perfect life. Yeah. Guess what? I don't like him. It's an okay yeah. thing. I, I hope we have clarified that a little for, for everyone that, uh, you know, thinks yeah. we're trying to celebrate of a, a villain in cycling. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thanks for, uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing that up. Um, so another, uh, uh, so Chuck, uh, again, thank you for the email. Um, always great to see. We've got a couple of other uh, quick ones. John Magrano hits us up and says, hey, just a quick email here in, in anticipation of the in- inevitable debate regarding the water bottle disqualification of Flanders. Happened last week. Got yeah. this email a little bit later. Yeah. But the Flemish word for water bottle, didn't know this, is a uh, drink bus or drink boost. So keep up the okay. important word work, uh, John, from Windy NYC. Thanks, Didn't know that. Drink boost. Pretty cool to know. 
Um, speaking of water bottles, uh, my collection is uh, maintained. I need to, you know, get up maybe the PO box of the podcast out there because I, I could use a couple more uh, uh, professional water bottles. Um, my own say bottles starting to get a little moldy. So uh, it's time to uh, update it with, yeah. <laughs> with something new. Uh, <laughs> hit us up at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com if you want to uh, contribute to my collection. Um, yeah, that so, HGH eats right through those bottles, man. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Be yeah, careful. Good stuff. So, gentlemen, this kind of brings me to one of the things we were talking about a little bit earlier. We had mentioned um, kind of Lance Armstrong, uh, 1993 World Road World Champion, and 95 or 96 yeah. Flesh Alone winner, if you uh, forgot. And one of the things that's obviously all the rage right now is NFTs, which I believe stand for non-fungible tokens or basically NBA top shop for anybody that wants to check. So just Google NBA top shot. You can see it's this online marketplace where you can collect the digital token of a GIF or a photograph. Little guy, I'm sure you're on your edge of your seat with lots of questions on how this actually works. So allow me to put on my financial advisor hat uh, to tell you how NFTs work. So please fire away with questions. Well, I think I understand how the NFTs work, the blockchain or something. I don't care about that. What I don't understand is how they sell highlights. Okay. Because the highlights are already out there, you know? Oh, the highlights exist. They, they, they 100% exist. So but how do they sell them? Well, I'm going to tell you. So the NBA, well, the NBA, yeah, they, they, they sell them. So the NBA owns like the, the theoretical rights. So now they own the right to the highlight through mm-hmm. the blockchain so that you little guy could purchase, you know, Kevin Garnett slamming the basketball, right? Like you could own that. Now everybody else could see it. But within okay. this marketplace, you're the you're the owner of this. Why? I don't know. I don't ask this. But that's, Spencer, that, I guess that's the part I don't understand. Why uh, would I want to own something that everyone can see? It's not like they go scrub the internet of images no, of it. No. Then, well, but right? if you had Spencer, how would you describe this? Who who would want to be in the market of this if you had you know a lot of money? Yeah. Um. Well, I think if you had a lot of uh liquid assets let's say um coming in from maybe various enterprises Uh that you had um that maybe you were looking to keep kind of off the books Mm -hmm. um or maybe um tax havened or um laundered i guess would be a way Mm -hmm. to way to put it um that that might be a good way to uh stash that money away and then um you know sell that nft later yeah. That gif of uh, of Michael Jordan for you know ten thousand dollars when you you know needed a little uh, a little capital injection uh, into your bank accounts. I guess it doesn't feel very secure, but I guess perhaps it's the okay. sec- well, secure enough way to launder money. I don't see why anyone is going to want to buy it. But, well, that's but yeah. th- that's understandable. So I let's, mean, I let's take it personally. I like to just buy real estate in New York with my laundered money. It very very me, smart, though, move. you know. I'm old school, you know? Yeah. So let's get into this a little bit. So the way I wanted to take this, guys, is obviously NBA Top Shop is all the rage right now. Millions of dollars is being spent on buying digital highlights that, as Little Guy pointed out, you can see anywhere else on the internet, but you could own them. So if you want to own, you know, Jeff Hornacek holding his cheek before he takes a free throw... Uh, in his Phoenix Sun uniform, you can own that. Like, that could be yours. So let's transfer this into the cycling world. Because if there's one thing the cycling world needs, it needs to find revenue. Because the revenue clearly doesn't exist to the teams. It all exists with the promoters. So let's get to it. What I wanted to talk a little bit was, what would you guys think, if we were going to create a market, we should actually investigate this, what would be the the NFT of the cycling world that you would want to um, buy. So as an example, we mentioned it earlier with Lance Armstrong. I would be willing to guess that Lance Armstrong looking over his shoulder at the German machine, Mm -hmm. Jan Ulrich climbing Alpe Mm d'Huez in 2004, Tour de France, would 
would be an amazing NFT to own. Like that one will probably carry some value because there'll be a dentist somewhere um, that wants to buy that years from now. Uh, that to me seems like a, a viable investment for an NFT in the cycling world. So what are some highlights for yourself that you can think of that are your favorite moments or what you think would have the most value in the world of cycling? That's what I want to get to. So what's your actual favorite moments in cycling from 2004 on from when we first started becoming fans? Huh. Favorite moment. Uh, I don't know. Froom running. I definitely buy that. Which one? Sorry, couldn't Which hear. Which one? I just want Froom running. Froom running. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a that's solid. You what? What I like about the Froom running one, little guy. Lots of crossover to other markets. So you have a lot of runners, a lot of triathletes, kind of be into that, and they're like, hey, hey, look at this triathlete at the Tour de France. Love it. I. That's an impressive one. That's a, a very solid one. So, um, I mean, I think there's a bunch um, that I would be interested in, but. I keep coming back to, you know, this is a hot market. This is all about, you know, um, building building revenue, like building value. Mm-hmm. So you want to get something maybe more recent, like uh, uh, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls from the free throw line slam dunk. You know, everybody knows that's great and it's worth a billion dollars or whatever. But you, you um, want the thing I think that's happening get some, now. Yeah, you get some more recent things that grow in value over mm-hmm. time. Um, not saying they'd be cheap right now, but I'm thinking like um, the very famous now uh, recent photo from uh, Matthew Vanderpool's post Amstel win uh, when he's just sort of curled up on the ground. Yeah. Okay, so the- that is a, a uh- an extremely powerful picture, and I think somebody will pay good money for it uh, later if I can get the digital rights somehow from a photo that I didn't take. Yeah. Buy low, sell high. I like, I like this idea. That's a, that's a solid one, Spencer. Um, so what you're saying is like one of the ones I had in my list was obviously the Musette bag incident. Cause it was oh, yeah. right. Like mm-hmm. Lance crashing with the Musette bag. So perfectly done little boy. I don't know who that kid is, but I'd buy his rights. Um, so the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the NFT there, I hope he gets money, but like you're saying, that's, that's still a sell high. That's a buy high sell high because everyone's going to want that. See, what's a, what's a smaller one? So I would say, okay, I, I would think that any um, post-race interview of uh, C- uh, Cecily uh, Ludwig Utrip um, mm-hmm. is right. going to be mm-hmm. one of those uh, NFTs that just people are going to go back and watch to all the time. And again, you're going to own the rights to, to the interview in this small digital marketplace. I'm sure it's worth millions of dollars. Um, I would definitely yeah. um, be looking at uh, one of her interviews for sure. That's a good pick. Other famous ones. I mean, I think I would pay personally good, good money for um, a nice shot, maybe the GIF, I don't know, or a clear, high-quality JPEG of um, <laughs> Jan, Jan Ulrich in the time trial uh, against Lance Armstrong where oh, uh, he crashes oh, the sparks. and the sparks oh. fly from the derailleur. I think I want that shot, like when the sparks are flying. Like if I can get that in a high quality um, PNG, uh, that would be really a choice. That's that's a good one. What about um, Wout Van Aert falling on the side of uh, Strada Bianchi? Mm-hmm. I like remember I when he twenty eighteen. He's on that team. You're like, wait, that team was racing on the road. I forgot about Kralins. Um Yeah, it'd yeah. be uh, that. That'd be one. What about you, little guy? Any uh, more coming to mind in this? Uh, illustrious marketplace that you're all in on now <laughs> i'm all in uh, i get like I a little like... gif of that when Heyman attacked uh boonen right before oh. the velodrome when you thought there's no way he's gonna he's got it and he put in that one dig and you didn't think boonen would even get back to him I, that that was a good Tim, moment for me do you think little guy um it's gonna make any money in this NFT market? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think he's totally bought in. He's still thinking about the actual like how it works. When mm-hmm. sometimes you just gotta embrace the madness and just like oh. you know get out before the other guy, <laughs> right? Like at the end of the day, let's just make sure you get your money out first. Which apparently seems to be a problem. One. That's the fruit ones. The my that's that's my net my nest egg, and then the rest of them are just for yeah. the love of the game. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I definitely would. Uh, Try to get back to the 2002 Perry Roubaix uh, with Hincapie and Boonin riding together, trying to chase down the leaders and 
and Cappy going off the side into the ditch. Mm-hmm. If I could get that gif, I, I would just be, I would never sell that. So you would take that one over the broken stem gif. I mean, I guess I... That's pretty good, too. Actually, but... you know how they do these? When they drop these, they actually drop them in packs, so you can get, like, 50,000 gifts all at once. So, like, maybe you just get the Hincapi package. Just <laughs> just, <laughs> just buy it all. I don't think I want the Hincapi yeah. package. <laughs> yeah. You know, Touche. Um, probably I not alone. I want to turn it around. I want, the, I want a gif of the look on our collective faces when we were watching the start of the 2004 <laughs> tour when Lance caught... Huh? Ulrich in that time trial. I just want. I want the look on our faces at that because I remember how excited we three were for that race after 2003. We were so pumped. We were sitting in Tim's little basement place. We were we were so excited. And when that happened, the oxygen was sucked out of the room, and we knew that the next couple (laughs) weeks were completely pointless to even watch. Basically, at that point, that was a Saturday. It was. Is that the Ugh. that was the time trial that was on like the, where the water like it was the road that was out in the middle so like the tides overtook the the roadway sometime right and then they, he they caught him within like bridge I remember yeah yeah it was just yeah that was uh, a horrible horrible moment uh, I so, so I want to know what we looked like in that moment <laughs> yeah I don't think that one be worth very much yeah but yeah I don't think yeah. sentimental value <laughs> yes um I think uh, Tim. I, I know that uh, you probably have a few more as well, but um, I think we might be doing little guy a disservice by limiting him to 2000s era yeah. images because I feel like little guy's area of expertise is a little earlier. Yeah, yeah. 1989, 1988, anything with Fignon. I think you're right. I'm, I would say another one that comes to mind for me would be the Peter Sagan um, moment of winning worlds. When the camera, yeah. mm. when the camera in the exact moment when we didn't know how far ahead Sagan had coming down the the hill into downtown Richmond before the big long climb, mm-hmm. then the camera finally got to the in front of him, and you could see that no one was behind him, that he had a good two hundred yards. Mm-hmm. That exact moment, the collective gasp. I feel that there'd be enough of a market there to really drive the price up there, so I could launder in all of my money um, that I need to <laughs> need to hide. Um, before this market goes bust, that'd be good. All right. I mean, that whole post up, him posting up, getting off the bike, kind of throwing, like pushing the bike, throwing. Did the his helmet, helmet ever I, land? <laughs> like high five and booning. Yeah, I don't know who who has that <laughs> helmet. Uh, yeah. That whole series after the finish there, where he's just high fiving folks. That that'd be yeah. something fun to own. I think so. Yeah. See, the little uh, guy's getting into this now. See, he's realizing like he's talking yeah. the way that he actually now owns that moment, even though we yeah, all see I own it, it and watch it. Don't you guys ever think about <laughs> yeah. it ever again without paying me? <laughs> yeah. Now, obviously, any Boone and Cancellara image is going to be worth a ton of money and would be, um, you know, well worth your money. I'm thinking Flanders. I'm thinking the mirror, um, probably for the iconic shots. But Tim, I cannot believe that you have not put in hard-earned cash into a digital nft of the gif of Ryder hesedal's wheel spinning that's when you were talking about this i i think the hesedal gif of the wheel spinning just to own that as proof for all of the uh conspiracy theory folks out there just to be like hey yeah you guys Uh can you know what i'll tell you what i have no way to enforce you guys using this image in this gif but i own it (laughs) that's like the whole point of the nft right it's like everyone will know that Hey, Tim owns that on the NFT market because of the uh, yeah. the motor that was clearly in his wheel. Yeah. <laughs> so um, good. The, the only other one that I've thought of that I would want to buy comes from the earlier era as well. Um, I would certainly, and it's maybe one of my favorite cycling photos ever, is Greg LeMond winning uh, Worlds. Um, mm. I just really, really enjoy that photo. He looks so excited, and it's a big sprint, and... You know, such a cool photo, pouring rain, I, such a good race. I have to admit, Spencer, I'm a little surprised that on your last pick you took, um, you know, LeMond, but you didn't buy the entire NFT package for everything Hammer series. Um, I'm sure that you could get those dirt cheap yeah. and just own the enti- like the totality of the market. Now, again, that's kind of a risk because how many people even know that the Hammer series existed or still exists? I don't know. Um, but it could be the, uh, you know, the nest egg that you've been looking to uh, create. 
Mm-hmm. The Hammer series was the future of cycling, and it was killed. And that is a tragedy, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Um, little guy, do you have any more of these NFTs that you're going to be uh, clearly sinking the uh, the hard-earned cash into? Because <laughs> I, I, I've never seen someone so bought into the idea of NFTs as you. Oh, yeah. I'm so into it. I love it. Uh, I kind of think figuring out which riders in their post-cycling careers have done well for themselves. So who opened a successful um, series of farm implement locations around the Belgian countryside and buy up all of their, like the whole package for that and then try to sell it back to them, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> find some like pretty good rider, but not the biggest, but like now they're doing really good. You know, they're selling all the John Deere's. And uh, you uh-huh. buy up all their stuff, and you you make a you make a pitch, man. An offer they can't refuse. Make yourself a little money. Just flip them, quick. You know, yeah, flip, flip, flip. I love it, love it. If if anyone else has some good ideas of of some iconic moments that you think you could buy cheap but sell much higher uh, later, let me know. And I will call it first is that I guarantee there will be an NFT market for cycling in probably pretty soon. And then at that point sell all of your other nfts because that means that the the horses <laughs> left the barn and the the fun yeah. is over um is the shark yeah. being jumped yeah yeah so uh good stuff all the way around um so guys overall it has been a fun week in the world of cycling there is obviously more on the horizon with amstel and all other types of races while we miss paris roubaix we do look forward to it happening in october and especially the women's edition. Is there anything else that you guys would like to uh, talk about before we sign off for the week? Nope. I thought for sure a little guy was going to have some wingnut thing that yeah. uh, we were not prepared <laughs> yeah. for. You know what? I tried I tried really hard to write, write <laughs> this week. I don't know. I, too much pressure last week, Tim. You put me on blast yeah. to come over the radio play, and I couldn't. I got like three drafts started, and I just uh, you know, crumpling them up, throwing them in the corner. So do uh, do we have a concept idea that you're working on? Uh, no, I don't even want to go there. There, there. You know, I'm no, I, I'm not. I've got writer's block. I don't want to. I don't want to say I mean, what I got going on. Let me let me just ask you this: Does it take place in the same universe as the first? Uh, I story? I had one that took place in the same universe started, and I don't know. It just did it star an animat- anamorphic pedal. <laughs> Uh, in the amount I had done, it was just, I just had LBS and his trusty sidekick Cleet getting into the adventure. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to sit with it a little bit more this week. Hopefully I'll find some inspiration. Well, the people are demanding it. We, I mean, we got a bunch of emails, um, asking where it is. And not just that, if you, if you want your very own, um, uh, t-shirt featuring Anza, you can just go to the wideanglepodium.com yeah. and click on shop where our 300th uh, episode limited edition shirts uh, still some available. So check those out and yeah. make sure that you email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at the slow ride pod. We'd like to thank BK one of rhyme Series entertainment for the intro and outro music and our good friends over at Grimper brothers for their Exclusive coffee blends, head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee or head to Buckler Skincare to check out the Miracle Wap chamois cream. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists when you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Fall off the face of the earth and fall off the face of the earth and fall off the face of the earth and. But nothing in 17, 18, and 19, the final three years of that contract and Bahrain Moreta. Wow. What an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh, man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends. 
new friends and old friends and soon-to-be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio, and we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael, where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com, become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends.